This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Praise the Lord, huh? Dedicate, I want you to clap to all these parents and these little guys. Children are a heritage of the Lord. The Bible says you're supposed to have a quiver full of them. And a quiver full is five, so some of you got some work to be doing, all right? Just kidding. Hey, good to have you here this morning. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're with us. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Once you get a Bible, I'm going to go to the book of Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14 is where we're going to begin this morning. I'm just going to tell you guys, God will move in here today. It's going to be good. I promise you, the Word of God is always good. So as you're turning to Luke 14, again, if you need a Bible, keep your hand up real high. Our ushers will help you. You know, uh, just as you're turning there, there are times in our lives I wonder, do, do we need to visit God's lost and found? And what I mean by that is there are things spiritually that I've lost. Maybe my passion for God, maybe my zeal for God, maybe the power of the Holy Spirit. How, how, how about this? Have you left your first love? And so when I say those things, God's desire is that, that we come back to him. And every sacrifice is based on preference. And so when we sacrifice for the things of God, it's, it's going to cost you, okay? In the kingdom of God, there are no, come on and let's take a free ride. That we've got to serve God and we've got to live committed to God. And so we begin here, Luke chapter 14, verse 25. The Lord Jesus talking and says, now great multitudes went with him. Great multitudes with Jesus. It's amazing how many times when you study the scripture, you'll find phrases how Jesus always had great crowds. So off of that, the question jumps out to me, do I, do I follow Jesus for who he is? Or do I only follow Jesus for what he can do for me? And so to follow Jesus for all he can do for me, and I wonder how many of them that day were in this category. I, I, I need a miracle. I, I need healing. I need deliverance. How about this one? I, I've screwed up in life, Father God, and I need you to bail me out. And so I, I got to ask myself this question. Why, why do I follow Jesus? Is he really Lord of my life? And so Jesus has this great crowd, and he goes on to say at the end of verse 25, and he turned and he said to them, so I want you to envision this right now, that the Lord Jesus is turning, and he's saying this to me and you. Verse 26, and if anyone comes to me and does not hate, now the, the word hate here is interesting. Actually, one translation says we are to put aside. Put aside what? Now keep reading with me. His father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sister. Yes, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. So right here, you begin to see something here that allegiance is a big deal to Jesus. My commitment to Jesus is a big deal. And so when you read what he's talking about here, it's going to cost you. There's going to be a price that's paid to follow Jesus and to serve Jesus. And this doesn't mean I don't have anything to do 
with my family members, but Jesus is priority above every other relationship. So how's your allegiance? How's your commitment to the Lord today? Verse 27. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I got to die to self-centeredness. And it's interesting, he uses two words. He said, to bear your cross, the word bear, and to come after him. And so to bear your cross, this means there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some difficulties. And sometimes when we read these things, many say, well, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And so to be a disciple of Christ here, it's, it's going to cost me. So let me paraphrase the next couple of verses for you. The Lord Jesus begins to, he begins to declare the cost of discipleship. And he says, before you build a house, you better consider the cost. The next analogy, he said, before you go to war, you better consider the dangers. So now he's using this in light with me and you that it's going to cost you and there's going to be some danger in serving him. Verse 33. So likewise, whoever you that does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now this was the Lord Jesus' words. And so you begin to see something here. Commitment is a big deal to the Lord Jesus. And that's not just for Sundays. That's in every day and every area of my life that he gives strong warning here. Now, go with me into the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 22. Right there in the first part of your Bible, Genesis, chapter 22. And so what you're going to see here again is a passage of scripture that I believe it, it reveals the cost and the sacrifice that it takes to serve the Lord. Remember, every sacrifice is based on preference. Every sacrifice. So when you use the word or you see the word sacrifice, just remember, it's going to cost you. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Now, it came to pass after these things, and I just want to stop right there. It came to pass after what things? Well, this passage is a passage about a man named Abraham who was the patriarch of faith. What happened before this begins is Abraham was promised a child with him and his wife, Sarah. But the promise didn't take place for 25 years. Now, let me ask you a question off of that. If God made you a promise and you knew it was going to take 25 years, would you punt on God or would you say, okay, I'm going to hang fast? So they waited the 25 years and what was incredible was they didn't have that child until Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. So off of that promise, Abraham and Sarah, they saw the faithfulness of God in their life. How many of you in here have ever seen the faithfulness of God? I've seen the faithfulness of God. You know what I found out about the faithfulness of God? That God's faithfulness 
isn't off of my watch and your watch. Heaven operates at a different, a, a different time. And it's when Father God knows best. So this is what's going on. Verse 1. God tested Abraham. And when we see here that God tested Abraham, this would be one of the most costly tests you'll ever see that a human being will have to go through. So it says, he, he tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham replied and said, here I am, which denotes readiness and fear. Here I am. Now watch the test, verse two. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the, the mountains, which I shall tell you. Now, this almost seems like a contradiction because the, the previous chapter, God has blessed him with this child. A 25-year waiting for the blessing, and now all of a sudden God says, I want you to go to the mountains of Moriah, and I want you to take your son, whom you dearly love, and I want you to offer him, I want you to sacrifice him. Now, what would you think about that? How are, you, how, how are you okay with that? Would you do that? See, the test here is a choice between God's blessing and God. Do I choose the blessing or do I choose to follow God? Do I choose to serve the gift or the giver? And so when I, I look at what he's talking about here, this, this is incredible locator of our heart. So I hit a little pause button here. And I, I haven't shared this with very many people here. And so back uh, starting in late May, early June, all the way through the summer, I, I went through some things this summer that I've entitled a summer on steroids. It began to be real crazy to me, some of the things that were going on. So day after day after day, the Lord would ask me this question. He would say, why? Why? And it was, it was crazy how many times he would ask me why, and I would have to answer those things. And so let me give you a couple illustrations of, of the whys. Why do you pastor? Do you like the title? Do you like the prestige that comes with it? And I would hear him, and I would have to answer why. Why? And there was one day, one of the ladies in the church, she's wanted to help me write a book several times, and she said, we need you to get to write those books. And the minute she said this, I hear the Lord say, why? Why? Why would you write a book? Is that more of your identity? So with every one of us in here, we have what I call a spiritual letter jacket. And on this spiritual letter jacket, I, I like to put my titles. I like to put my accomplishments. I like to put my accolades. And God's not against any of that when I can answer the question, because, Father God, you've been good to me. It's all because of you. And so when he said, why on writing a book, 
are, are you gonna put another patch on your jacket? And I had a man say to me, he said, I, I would love for you to come speak at our church. And the Lord said, why? And another guy said, I would love for you to come speak at our men's conference. And I would hear the Lord say, why, why, why? And so the why became this, is my identity in the Lord or am I more in tune with the applause of man? Do I live for the applause of man or do I really live for Jesus? And so I begin to realize God's doing something in my heart. He's, he's trying to reinforce in my heart, who do I serve? Who do I really live for? You know what? I, I pray you have a why moment, okay? It was, it was very healthy for me because God was saying, I want you to relinquish the ownership of your heart back to me. Hmm. Back to the story. Verse three. So Abraham rose early in the morning. Now there's a nugget in here, okay? Abraham rose early in the morning. If God gave you an instruction to go to the mountain of Moriah and, and sacrifice your son, your child, your daughter, would you rise early in the next morning? Or would you say, you know, Father God, I think I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. Would you make the comment, well, Father God, I, I, I got a bad headache this morning. You know, Father God, I, I don't do very well without two or three cups of coffee. But what you see here is he responded quickly. And what happens when we respond quickly, we avoid the counterfeits of partial obedience is still disobedience. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. And so he rises early in the morning. It begins to show me a kingdom integrity within him. But how about you? How about me? So he saddled the donkeys, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering. He arose and he went to the place which God had told him. You know what this says? When God told him to go and sacrifice his son, he didn't debate with God. He didn't argue with God. He didn't even say, Father God, I think I'm going to go home and pray about this. Now that's a good excuse for us, but here's a thought for you on that. When God's will for your life and my life is known, there's no need praying about it. You either obey it or you disobey it. When God's word is very clear in the area and people say, well, I think I'm going to pray about it. So what are you going to pray about? You're going to pray whether you obey or disobey. Thank you. Ooh, there's some of you who are excited. Verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar. Now what you begin to see verse after verse, the drama begins to build. He knows the assignment. He knows what God has spoke to him. And when, when you see this here, it's interesting to me that when God gave Abraham these orders, Abraham didn't tell anybody. It was something that he stored in his heart. 
He didn't pick up a 1-800 number. He didn't call his best friend and say, hey, hey, listen to what's going on. He didn't call Uncle Buck or Judy with the attitude. He said, I'm going to be quiet. Sometimes that's just for us. We need to be quiet. Verse 5. So Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and we will worship. He said, we're going to go yonder and we're going to worship. We're going to go up on the hill and we're going to sing two slow songs. Because that's what worship is. We're going to sing the old rugged cross and we're going to sing Kumbaya. But that's not the definition of worship. Praise is something that comes out of my lips. Uh, worship is something from my heart. And worship can be vocal or worship can be I stand still before God. And worship can be raising my hands. Worship can be kneeling before God. But when I do worship, understand this, it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me some time. It's going to cost me my heart. So he says, we're going to go yonder and worship. And we will come back to you. And when he says, we'll come back to you, this was a statement of faith. Abraham states, we're going to come back to you. You know why he makes that statement of faith? If you were to read in Hebrews eleven nineteen in the Faith Hall of Fame, the Bible says that Abraham believed that God would raise him from the dead. Abraham's thought was this, we're coming back. And even if I have to sacrifice him, God's going to raise him from the dead. Now, you got to realize this is a guy who had seen God work previously with him and Sarah. How do you know God moved with him and Sarah? How many of you have seen a 90-year-old lately pregnant? That kind of freak you out. I won't let my mom stand. She's 85. I won't say, stand up here, mom. I'm only using you as an illustration. You know what that means? He believed God. He trusted God and he said, we're going to come back. Verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand, a knife, and the two of them went together. Now it's getting real. It's getting real. He's got the wood, he's got the fire, he's got the knife, and he's got his son. And if you'll notice a little phrase there at the end, it says, and the two of them went together. They're walking by faith together. We're just going to believe God together. Verse 7, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire of the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now, this is both a little awkward and a little intense. He knows God's assignment, but Isaac doesn't. Now, put yourself in his shoes. You know I'm getting ready to sacrifice my, my most prized possession. How do you respond? Watch how Abraham responds in verse 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And so he responds with a statement of faith. It's like he's saying, I'm putting this one on God. And the reason I'm putting it on God, because God is able and I've seen God do the impossible. 
And so he makes a statement of faith. So the two of them went together. Here they are, still walking by faith. Verse 9. Then they came to the place which God had told them. Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. It's getting real, real now. So there would be a sacrifice here. The altar was a place of sacrifice. The altar is a place that it's going to cost you something. Twice in this verse it uses the word altar. So I began to study, I began to dig in, and I thought, there is so much more to this altar than we realize. So I began to dig in. To a Jew, the altar represented three incredible things. Number one, for the Jew to go to the altar said, I got to have communion with God. I, I, got, I got to have some one-on-one -on -one with God. I, I got to go to the altar and I got to hear God's game plan for my life. I got to fellowship with God. I got to talk to God. I got to commune with God. So off of that, let me ask you something. When's the last time you communed with God? The second area is the Jew fully understood that when I go to the altar, I will have a notable encounter with God. That was their belief. When I come before God at the altar, there's going to be some type of encounter with God. So anybody in here needing some kind of encounter with God right now? But many times we don't come to the altar because I'm too cool to come to the altar. But yet if I knew the purpose of the altar, maybe I'd come to the altar. So you're hearing the purpose. The third area was it was a reminder of God's promises and God's protection. That they would go down here and say, your father God. Your father God. So I'm, I'm, I'm reading these. I'm looking at these. And he puts Isaac upon the altar. And so you know what the thought came to me? Is there something in your life or my life that God desires that we put on the altar? Is there a relationship in your life right now that stands between you and God? Do you need to put a position or a title on the altar? Maybe my possessions upon the altar. Is, is there something in my life that I know was holding me back from the things of God. Again, it's going to cost me. And so at this point in, in Abraham's life, heaven is quiet. Heaven is not talking at this place. He's bound his son on the altar. And we jump to verse 10. And Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. Heaven is still quiet. Verse 11, 
But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and he said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Only now does Father God intervene. Why did God intervene now? It was because I believe he saw his commitment and his allegiance and his loyalty to God where God said, Abraham means business. Verse 12. And he said, do not lay your hand on the ladder, do anything to him. Now listen to this. For now I know that you fear God. For now I know that you fear God. And so in this situation in my life, your life, when we come to a place of sacrifice, the only way the fear of the Lord is revealed is by the way I obey. Do I obey fully and completely? And he said, now I know that you fear me since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me, your most prized possession. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorn. Do you know this was a symbol of the Lord Jesus? Remember when he went to the cross, there was a crown of thorns placed? But in this situation, I've wondered, was that ram there the entire time? I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But he said there the ram was caught in the thicket. So Abraham went, took the ram, and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And so the reason I say this is that he never noticed the ram being there until he obeyed. And many times we're waiting on God to provide what we need, but we don't obey. Verse 14. And Abraham called or named the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Do you know what he named that place? It's what we call Jehovah Jireh. Actually in the Hebrews, it's Yahweh Yireh. Y-I-R-E-H. God will provide. You know, God's desire for every one of us in here is to provide. But he didn't provide until we obey. And when we obey, he moves in as Jehovah Jireh. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. This just keeps getting better. Verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven. And he said... By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not well to your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall pay, possess the gate of their enemies. You know what I see off of this? God's aware of every one of us. The way we obey him, and the way we fear him. This covenant that he placed here on Abraham. It didn't take place. Until he obeyed completely and fully. 
And he goes on to say in verse 18. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you've obeyed my voice. You know what I found out about obedience? Two things. Obedience is not going to always be easy. Might as well get that. We, we live in a Western society to where we think the thought is obedience has got to be easy. If obedience was easy, everybody would be doing it. Obedience is not always going to be easy. And we go back to the Lord Jesus' comments there in Luke 14 where he said it's going to be a cost and there's going to be some danger. The second area with obedience is when you obey God, sometimes you do not fully understand why you're obeying, but you step out in faith and you obey because God told you to obey. And this is what happened with Abraham. There is no way he fully could understand or fathom in his mind what's going on. But you know what he said? Even though I don't understand here, something's happening in here. And I know when I obey God, God moves. Woohoo! One last passage for you today. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29. Just huge stuff in this story. Every sacrifice is based on preference. And when Jesus tells you it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you. Isaiah 29 verse 13. Therefore the Lord said... Inasmuch as these people, they draw near me with their mouths. They've learned to say the right thing. And they honor me with their lips. We know how to speak in Christianese. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory, glory. But they've removed their hearts far from me. Their hearts aren't in it anymore. So you know what this place or says? We're playing church. We're playing games with God. But God's aware of it. And their fear, their reverence, their, their fear toward me is taught by the commandments or the rules of men. Could, could this be something that's in God's lost and found for my life? That I, I can stroll in here on Sunday mornings. I can stand down here and raise my hands and sing the songs, but my heart's not in it. My heart's more into the Cowboys game. My heart's more in what's in for lunch. And we think it's a sacrifice to come to God and give him an hour on Sunday morning. And so this becomes a wake-up call for us. Why do I do this? Is it more for the accolades of man? Or is there something within my heart right now that says, Man, Father God, I, I ask you to grace me to stir up a passion within me. I don't want to play church. I, I, I want to be a sincere worshiper of you. Why don't you stand up on your feet here?
just bow your head right there where you're at. What would happen this morning if you acknowledged Isaiah 29, 13 and said, that's me, Father God. I've played games. I've played games with you. Today, I'm going to I'm going to come to your lost and found. I'm going to come back home and I'm going to make a fresh commitment to you today. You know, if that's you, I'm just going to welcome you right now to come to the altar again. Maybe you need a notable encounter with God. You say, that's me. I need an encounter with God. I need something from heaven right now to stir me up within the inside. A couple come down. Anybody else want to join them? name of Jesus I get it guys there's times in my life where I feel like I've just gone through the motions you know every one of you that are down here why don't you raise your hands to heaven let's just pray right now Father God that part of the encounter at the altar would be a, a notable encounter with you today Father God, these six that responded down here right now, Father God, they've come to the altar right here, right here on Sunday, December 3rd, for a fresh touch from heaven right now. So I want you to say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I repent for just saying thanks. That my heart's been far away. And I ask you to forgive me. And as you come back into my heart, be Lord of my life. Stir up a passion. Stir up that first love within me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now. there's something in your life right now that the Lord wants you to sacrifice at the altar maybe your ego maybe pride maybe your accolades your achievements maybe money maybe you've lived to impress people maybe you've lived for the approval of people what if the Lord said, I want you to bring those and put them on the altar today. I want you to bring that sacrifice to me. Every one of us have what I call personal Goliaths. My inadequacy, my inadequacies, my in insufficiency. How about this? Maybe today, if you've lived a life where you've lived as a victim mentality, that everything, I'm a victim? What would happen today if we brought these to the altar and say, Father God, I'm bringing them before you today? And Father God, not only am I bringing them, this becomes a sacrifice, this becomes a cost. I'm bringing them to you today, but also I'm bringing, I need communion with you today. I need an encounter with you today. I need you to remind me of your promises and your protection today. What an invitation. 
So as our team begins to sing here, and I welcome you to the altar today where you say, I'm, I'm coming, I'm, I'm not leaving today. There's some things in my life I need to get right. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.